Good morning and welcome to Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. I am your host, Pat Donovan, with KSVU 90.1 FM in Concrete, Washington. And I hope your day is going well. It's going to be uh, 50 degrees today, 39 degrees tonight. Uh, cloudy with occasional light rain. And winds west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour with a 70% chance of rain. Tonight we're going to be showers becoming less numerous, late low 39 degrees. Winds light and variable chance of rain 60% this evening. Humidity will be about 84%. The UV index is low at 2 out of 10. The sun rose this morning at 719 a.m. and will set at 626 p.m. We're slowly approaching the time when we'll be turning our clocks back one hour in November. Humidity tonight will be 94 percent moon will rise at 12:55 p.m this afternoon and will set at 904 p.m it'll be a waxing crescent the rest of the week the 11th through next sunday will be in the low to mid 50s and high 40s with showers most of the week in the 30 to 50 percent range so stay tuned winter is approaching and we can get a lot of rain between now and december i am your host pat donovan at ksvu 90.1 fm here is our starting music set with old schooling by paul brown and boney james love calls by kem jazz masters shine with paul hardcastle right here on smooth jazz sunday brunch
the sweetness of your touch, the softness of your voice. You make me want to be a better man, baby. And I want to thank you for calling me into your life.
I love the Jazz Masters and Paul Hardcastle. Fantastic group we have here. Uh, let me see. It's about, uh, oh gosh, how much time? Really? That much? Wow. 15 minutes past the hour. How about that? Anyway, let's get into our uh, stories for you today. I have a good saying to start things off. This is by Jackson Brown, who turns 73 years old today. Let the disappointments pass. Let the laughter fill your glass. Ooh, ah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Here, the world's first totally green tractor set to plow down European farming emissions. An enormous amount of the world's emissions are generated by our food systems. So agricultural technology firm in Lithuania moved to tackle the largest definitive source by introducing the world's first totally green tractor. Big engines, massive torque, big heavy tires, and hardly ever leaving third gear means fossil fuels from farm machinery are massive contributor to agricultural emissions and AUGA it's A-U-G-A, Group's Biomethane Electric Hybrid Tractor Hybrid tractor will go a long way towards reducing them. AUGA is, it sounds like the whole thing, AUGA, anyway, is Europe's largest vertically integrated organic food producer. And the AUGA M1 is the first of its kind designed as a hybrid to ensure that farmers can run from sunup to sundown. Three years ago, when we first calculated our emissions, sorry for the coughing, we saw that as much as 30% of them came from the use of fossil fuels on farms, stated the CEO, Castustas Jakuhias, I think it's the way it's pronounced, but please forgive me for the mispronunciation of the Finnish name. There were simply no solutions to change it. That is why we have taken the lead in developing technologies that will allow us to create new standards for sustainable agriculture and drastically reduce pollution throughout the food value chain. The first result of this work is a biomethane Uh, electric tractor. Rather than run only on biomethane as other green tractors, the addition of an electric motor powered by an internal combustion from the biomethane and battery storage to save power during low demand tasks allows for many hours of additional use. More clever than it looks, biomethane was specifically targeted as a desired fuel source as it's one of the greenest biofuels. The cool part about it is that it's generated from livestock waste, which farmers may need to dispose of. Livestock waste is another large contributor of methane and more potent but largely harmless greenhouse gas. You can read more about that on goodnewsnetwork.org and really get into some of the great sustainable things and there's a website that I saw that's called Sustainable Global Solutions, sgsglobal.com. Uh, it's pretty interesting about the different things that you can do. And there goes my Maltese. Sorry about that. She's loud in any door closed. So please forgive me. Anyway, Never Too Much by Paul Jackson Jr. Back on the Streets by the Man Behind Sea and Hippies on a Corner right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. Hmm. 
And that was Hippies on a Corner by Joe Sample. And that barking you heard was not my Maltese, but my Maltipoo. He's only two pounds and about five months old. And he saw his first horse out back in the grove behind our house. And he was uh, kind of going nuts. But uh, hey, not bad for a first time thing, huh? Prison inmates learn to quilt and now make amazing personal gifts for foster care children. Take a look. It's really cool. While quilting bees generally conjure images of grandmas piecing together scraps of fabric to create family heirlooms for future generations, crafting the colorful cozy bed covers has become an outlet for incarcerated men not only to express their creativity, but to give something positive back to communities from which they came. Over the past 10 years, more than 2,000 personalized quilts assembled by the inmates of Missouri's South Central Correctional Facility have donated to children in the state's foster care system or auctioned off to fund local charitable organizations. When I learned that I could help bring a smile to a child's face, I was all in, Fred Brown said in an interview with the Washington Post. Right now, I'm working on a puppy quilt that will go to a 13-year-old boy. I don't know anything about him, but I have a feeling he's going to love this quilt. William White, an upholsterer by trade, felt a special affinity for the project and joined soon after he began serving his sentence in 2015. Along with other prison chores, White volunteers to spend seven hours a day, five days a week, quilting with his peers. The guys were making these beautiful quilts to give away to foster kids, and I knew it was something I wanted to be a part of, he told Waypo, which is Washington Post. Uh, I have six kids, and sewing and has always been a passion for me. And now, here's a way for me to give back. Based on the precept of restorative justice, which stresses rehabilitation rather than punishment, according to the group's coordinator case manager, Joe Satterfield, keeping the prisoners' minds and hearts engaged while letting them feel like they're making a useful contribution to the community has been a game changer, even for those who may spend the rest of their lives behind bars. You can see a change in their attitude, Satterfield told NPR's St. Louis affiliate. A light flips on like, oh, this is a new avenue. I can actually be a part of something great. Well, go ahead and read more about this fantastic thing about how we can help the people within the uh, prison system to help us out here and give back to the communities. That is truly positive. That is truly what we need to be doing instead of punishing people. Why not make it a business? Why not do that? You didn't hear me say that because I'm not promoting anything. But think about it for a moment. All these inmates are in there. Put them to good use and give them something back so they feel good good about what they're doing for their community behind bars okay uh, let's see let's get back into our last set of music for this hour here is my valentine yes by paul mccartney from the beatles till we meet again by paul taylor bossa love by peter pearson and jojo by buzzgags right here on smooth jazz sunday brunch <laughs> Thank you. 
What if it rained? We didn't care. She said that someday soon the sun was gonna shine, and she was right. This love of mine, my Valentine. As days and nights would pass me by. I tell myself that I was waiting for a sign. Then she appeared, a love so fine, my Valentine. And I will love her for life. I will never let a day go by without remembering the reasons why she makes me certain that I can fly, and so I do without a care. I know that someday soon the sun is gonna shine, and she'll be there. This love of mine, my Valentine. Said that someday soon the sun was gonna shine, and she was right. This love of mine, my Valentine.
second half of Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch right here in KSVU 90.1 FM in Concrete, Washington. Let's get into our second set of music on our second half. Here is Shega de Sadoad, No More Blues by Quincy Jones, Convergence by the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, and Don't You Worry About a Thing by Boney James right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch.
I love Billy James. He's got a great sound saxophone. And uh, that's a soprano sax with Boney. It's Don't You Worry About a Thing. We've heard several covers of it um, when I've been playing. And there's one by uh, Tori Kelly, and there's one by Incognito. And I like the Tori Kelly one myself. This is more of a laid-back, smooth jazz sound of it. But uh, the Tori Kelly thing really kicks me, let me tell you. It's great. Um, <clears throat> last week, the Packers played their, uh, you know, against their team, uh, the team that they were playing against. I can't remember, but the NFL trainer searched a football field until 2 a.m. to find Aaron Rodgers' necklace containing his late father's ashes. An unfortunate postscript to what was a brilliant evening for his team, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones. Well, Aaron Jones is the quarterback. They have that backwards. Uh, lost a necklace. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, excuse me. Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Aaron Jones, the running back. Uh, he lost a necklace containing a portion of his father's ashes in the end zone grass. A reporter still at work in the very empty Lambeau field noticed that at 1.45 a.m. Tuesday morning, one of the first team trainers, Brian Flea Engel, was still on the field searching for the necklace. Jones had a huge game against the Detroit Lions Monday night last week when he scored four touchdowns in a 35-17 route. He revealed to reporters afterwards that he had lost the necklace which had been a football pendant containing some of his father's ashes um, his dad who was always in the stands when his son played had died earlier that year at 56 from complications due to COVID-19 uh, he'd be happy he'd be like if you lose it anywhere lose it in the end zone Jones quipped while in, while in high spirits during the postgame. The pendant was black, which was likely didn't help in spotting it easily. But nevertheless, um, Mr. Engel ended up finding the football equivalent of a needle in a haystack, bringing the brief ordeal to a heartwarming end. And here it is in a tweet and Matt Schneiderman it's almost 2 a.m., and someone, I think, it's head trainer Brian Engel, but my eyes aren't great right now, just came back out to look for the necklace holding Aaron Jones's father's ashes that he lost on his second TD catch in that part of the end zone. And Jones expressed his gratitude the next day. Thank you to him. He was out there until 1.45 it shows how much they care about us, ESPN reported. He's been helping me a lot since my dad passed, so he's like, like, been there for me, said Jones. Our support staff is great here. They really care about the people. Another tweet, Aaron Jones said, found at 4, at 1.45 a.m. Thank you to our trainer, Brian Flea Engel. I'm forever grateful. You can read the rest of the story here on... Um, goodnewsnetwork.org and I think that's a fantastic story let me tell you it's fantastic it's beautiful it's heartwarming it's what people are about not about what we're hearing and then the uh, potential of violence coming in the next elections and all that other stuff it's just it's unnerving so anyway let's drop all that negativity and get on to some positive things I haven't read to you any 
positive motivational quotes in a very long time. And here is some here. Uh, We become what we think about by Earl Nightingale. A reminder that positive thinking helps you frame your mindset and change your life. Spoken by the author of Essence of Success. Another one by Rob Stilleton. People who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Rob is a leading creative marketer responsible for some of the most effective and iconic advertising campaigns in the past 30 years. And here's one by one of my favorites, Brian Tracy. Optimism is one of the quality, one quality more associated with success and happiness than any other. Let your positivity and optimism inspire you and lead you to success. That's my favorite way to achieve success, he says. So anyway, we'll have more of those for you. And Bernie and the Moose is ramping up for a great ski season coming up. I saw some uh, snow lightly on Sauk Mountain, which is about 6,400 feet high, about 10 miles from my house. And I can just look to the east, and there it is, covered. And uh, so that tells me good things are coming in the Cascades. We have a winter storm out there in uh, the Midwest. It's brewing the first of the season. Wow. Uh, Let me see if I can bring that up on the Weather Channel. No, I don't want to have something from this. Oh, gosh. These ads that pop up, it's absolutely ridiculous. The first big snowstorm of the season on tap. And let me tell you what it's about. Uh, strong fall storm will blanket the area in the Rockies with snow, bring gusty winds and uh, severe weather. Uh, what they're saying is uh, the first strong snowstorm of the season is headed for the Rockies. As the new week begins, two southward plunges of the jet stream are pushing through the west. The first will sing through this weekend. You can read about that storm system and its severeness and thunderstorms in the southern plains if you click on that note and but the second one will the jet will plunge significantly stronger with colder and much more snow it will carve southward out of western canada into the west beginning sunday and there's a picture of it there and it looks pretty bad the isobars are quite strong and close together that means the wind is fast and furious A strong low-pressure system will spin up over the plains by the middle of next week. That storm will have a mix of weather impacts from severe thunderstorms and soaking rain to strong winds and snow. The first snow for some, heavy snow for a few, and some severe thunderstorms. You can read more about that on weather.com. Okay, here's some more music for you. I'll give you an extended uh, four-song set. Before Dawn by Joyce Cooling, Angel of the Night by Phil Perry. Chemistry in a Japanese version by Pieces of a Dream and Bittersweet by Peter White right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch.
you know, I'm a web developer. I've been doing it for about 40 years, and I'm working on a, you know, addition to my DJ site because I actually um, now sell magic, but I can't tell you about it because this is a nonprofit. So don't worry. I'm just telling you what I do while I'm coding in between me talking. But, you know, hey, I love it. It's a lot of fun. Anywho, let's continue on with our stories. Uh, mature trees will increase CO2 absorption by a third in response to raised levels on the earth, a study shows. Well, mature oak trees will increase their rate of photosynthesis by up to a third in response to the raised CO2 levels expected to be the world average by 2050. I'll be well, let me see about I'll be uh, 90 that year probably in a nursing home no more DJing the results are the first to emerge from a giant outdoor experiment led by the University of Birmingham in which an old oak forest is bathed in elevated levels of CO2 this latest study adds to the field that looks at the use forests as effective carbon sinks and potentially gives climate researchers a new tool in the fight against climate change. Over the first three years of a 10-year project, the 775-year-old oaks clearly responded to the CO2 by consistently increasing their rate of photosynthesis. Researchers are now measuring leaves, wood, roots, and soil to find out where the extra carbon captured ends up and for how long it stays locked up in the forest. I'm fighting yawning because I'm recording this late in the day on Saturday and it's, um, I'm tired. I'm sorry. The increase in photosynthesis was greatest in the strong sunlight. The overall balance of key nutrient elements, carbon and nitrogen, did not change the leaves. Keeping the carbon to nitrogen ratio constant suggests that the old trees have found ways of redirecting their elements or found ways of bringing more nitrogen in from the soil to balance the carbon they are gaining from the air. You can read more about this on goodnewsnetwork.org because it all affects us. The Amazon is the late largest carbon sink on the planet, and we're destroying it. So we need to be uh, more mindful of uh, the uh, Amazon and all the other great forests that we have here on this wonderful, beautiful, big blue marble. Okay, let's get into our last set for this final uh, hour of our uh, show uh, smooth jazz sunday brunch we have about 15 minutes left and add that oh i have to take a song out because there's just way too much song and uh let me um take out one that's a little bit too long and i'll find something that's shorter but anyway here's what um, we're going to have up the rippingtons and are we there yet and uh let me see i'm gonna replace this long one that is i didn't mean to do that Oh my goodness, I deleted something from my queue. All right, here we go. This is what we got for our set. And it's only 12 minutes. Are We There Yet? by The Rippingtons with Russ Freeman. Uh, Caminado by Raul Mendon. And Artistry and Rhythm by Stan Kenton and his orchestra. Right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. (laughs) 
do it for us for this week of Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch on KSVU 90.1 FM, streaming live also on iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, I hope you enjoyed our show today and all the rain that we're going to be experiencing over the week. Halloween is fast approaching, and next week, the 14th, is my 61st birthday. I want you to enjoy your week, and remember, all things are possible if you only believe. Take care. We'll see you right here next week, right on the radio. Thank you.